I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Lift off. We have a lift Welcome back to the, oh, I was about to say the Love Tennis podcast there. I have to say, the number of times I've almost said that is is staggering. But it's not Love Tennis podcast, as you well know. This is Tennis Unfiltered with me, James Gray of iNews.co.uk and the iNewspaper, live from Melbourne, uh, where I'm maybe in slightly hushed tones in an effort not to disturb my flatmate's uh, efforts to sleep her jet lag off but uh, i think i've probably failed on that already um hopefully ellen has managed to get some sleep uh, i've got george live from london i will have calvin uh with me on a nice park bench somewhere a little bit later not like a park bench that he's asleep on but like <laughs> one in the grounds of melbourne park um george has your jealousy kicked in yet for anyone who's watching on youtube you'll notice i've got about four jumpers on at the minute <laughs> absolutely freezing so um seeing you kind of sat there in what looks very warm weather with a t-shirt on is probably the first time the jealousy's really kicked in to be honest so, <laughs> yeah screw you <laughs> yeah well you'll have me and calvin sipping iced lattes in about four hours on screen as well, well so i'm glad to hear he's not staying on a park bench he did have me slightly worried <laughs> about the as well no, I'm live informed he's in a lovely little two-bedroom apartment in Richmond in Melbourne, if people know it, um, where I sent him off to my favourite Vietnamese restaurant the other night. Uh, I was, As I said to someone, I was very nervous uh, giving Calvin a recommendation for a restaurant, um, but fortunately he really liked it and it wasn't too expensive, which I think may have been more of a formative uh, element to it. <laughs> um, right, as usual on, um, well, pre-tournament, we're going to do a bit of Line-by-line draw analysis, uh, FTU is live, Fancy Tennis Unfiltered is live. Uh, the scoring system is the same as last year. There are five categories. You choose one player from each category in each draw. You end up with 10 players, and you get points every time they win. Obviously, the uh, lesser your player, the more points they get for each win. Um, it's all on there. I will post the entry form 
in the description for this podcast and you can head over. You've got until Sunday night, 11 p.m. GMT. Now, the eagle-eyed among you will have spotted that that is after the tournament starts. Now, what I'm allowing you to do is to enter your team after the first day because otherwise the window for doing it is very narrow indeed. If you're smart, you will take a few punts on Sunday players and then go back in and edit your team. Um, it's like a free hit, I suppose, Sunday. Can you? Can you not pick? Oh yeah, George. If you're good enough at reading your emails, which I know for a fact you're not, uh, then (laughs) you can in fact go and edit your team. That is allowed. Um, And you can edit to bring in players who've already played. So in many. Oh no! Well, that's a good point, actually, George. No, I will have to remove players who have played on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So you can take a punt on them, change them out, but you can't. Yes, exactly. You can change them back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. going to get complicated delightful right um let's with no further ado get about the draw um if you hear any rustling of papers it's because i have paper copies of the draw in an incredibly old-fashioned uh manner it's because i was planning on doing this podcast from a park bench last night but uh well technical difficulties to say the least Right, George, let's start at the very top of the women's draw of the first quarter, which is, of course, Iga Shontek's quarter. Um, the other seeds in there, Marie Buzkova, Alina Svitolina, Veronica Gunovatova, Yelena Rostopenko, and Victoria Azarenka. Oh, and also Navarro and Vondrusova. Once they get all the way down the quarter. Um, but, George, really, I've run down the list there, but the only place anyone wants to start is at the very top because mm. in lines one, two, three, and four, we have four Grand Slam finalists or winners. And in fact, Iga Svontek is the only one there who has not reached an Australian Open final. <laughs> she played Sophia Kennan and then the winner of Daniel Collins and Angelique Kerber, which, yes, there's a narrative there, but it's actually not that tough, is it? <clears throat> I can't feel like Kennan is arguably the hardest player to face of those two um, rounds at the minute. Um which I think if I said that a year ago, you'd laugh at me, but the fact you haven't laughed at me probably suggests you might might feel similar. Um, I, th- I thought she played some actual no, I mean... stuff last year and kind of did climb up a bit. And there's almost something about the other two, I think might be a little bit, well, Kerber certainly might be a bit cold. Um, mm. Collins has been a bit up and down. When she's on, you know, she's pretty hot as well, though. Just got a bit of a feeling Kenin might cause a few problems there. I'd expect Fiontech to win both matches, but I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Kenin actually did uh, did her in. Yeah, I, I think Daniel Collins, I mean, I actually think Kerb will probably beat Daniel Collins, who hasn't been in any sort of form since about September. Um, this year, she's, she's won from three. She lost two and three to Elise Mertens in Hobart a week ago. Um, I think probably Daniel Collins is an irrelevant. She went and played the Kuyong Classic, which is the uh, exhibition in uh, East Melbourne where they used to hold the Australian Open for about 15 years in the 70s and 80s. And she got chopped up by Mira Andreva, which, you know, there's no shame in that, but she really did. And, and you know, you'll say, oh, it's an exhibition, but an exhibition on the Friday before a Grand Slam, it like no one's half-heartedly patting it back, are they? Like they want that to be as close to match practice as it possibly can be. So I think you can read a little bit into that. Um, Angelique Kerber, yeah, I mean, we, we just, you know, she's obviously had a lot of matches at the United Cup. I think she had four pretty hard-fought matches as, as Germany went to win the United Cup. Um, someone said, oh, do you think you'd rather not have had quite such a physical test? And she said, no, actually, like, 
that's exactly what I needed was to really get pushed. Um, of course, she's on the comeback trail, um, having been out uh, starting a family. So I think she, I think she'll beat Collins, and then I think the Shantae match would be really good. Like as much for kind of just building a bit of profile and getting people watching and a bit of interest. Um, so you're not giving in any hope then? I don't think so. Like, she's obviously not the lost soul that she was maybe 18 months ago. But, you know, she lost to Daria Saville last week. Like, I'm not sure I'm backing her to beat the world number one, um, if I'm if I'm quite honest and frank. Uh, but, yeah, well, you know, strange things have happened. Um, but I... It's just the sort of match that you kind of don't want as a... A first round match, you know, when Kenin is actually on it and quite in your face and quite feisty in many ways. I think you're probably preferring a kind of easier round one to ease your way in rather than someone you know has been to quite a high high level in, in quite a kind of bullshy way, if you like. Mm. So, you know, not be fearful, but needs to be really on her game and kind of just take the racket out of Kenin's hands, which is more than capable of doing. It's just if she gets off to a slow start, then. Um, yeah, could be could be trouble. Looking down, I mean, Maribu's Kova is um, potentially Shontek's third round opponent. Although Linda Noskova is in there, a, a fast improving and very talented young Czech. I mean, mm. I feel like you don't have to say young and talented before you say the word Czech in tennis because it just goes without saying. I, I looked up yesterday; they've got eight teenagers in the top three hundred, which is yeah. double the next nation. Um, which must have about ten. Top 100 players as well. That's something at the minute, Yeah, it's completely insane. The depth is, I mean, you know, there were three teenagers who qualified yesterday, and I had only heard of two of them um, in Bejlik and Brenda Fervatova, and the other one whose name escapes me, I I just never heard of, and and yet there's just another one. They they just keep coming. Um, If we look below George towards Shantek's fourth round opponent, um, you find either Elena Svitolina realistically or potentially Veronica Kudamatova. Um I mean Shvontek Svitolina fourth round would be, be a really good match I think yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think probably the kind of match Shvontek can lose because Svitolina yeah. is such a battler, she's got such good defence, you know she will be able to handle a bit of that, that Shvontek forehand which is obviously the big, the big weapon and the big problem for most players and I don't think she'll be intimidated by the idea of going out and playing her. Uh, and of course, she has beaten her at a slam yeah. less than a year ago in at Wimbledon in what was one of the, one of the best matches of that 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 tournament, frankly. Yeah, uh, and look, Spionte, you, you, you're looking at that first week potentially, Kenin, Kerber, Bruskova, Svitolina. I mean, you do well to find a harder. Four rounds, really, as the world number one. I think you know that is pretty tough luck. Once with a draw, I mean, probably only could have got harder if you swapped Kenin out for Naomi Osaka or something like that. Um, in terms mm. of the players you could have been going for, um, yeah, I'll be checking. I, mean, I think you're right. I think Svitolina's run looks pretty good to me. I'd be quite surprised if she's not there in the fourth round. In fact, I'd probably be more surprised if Svitolina's not in the fourth round than Sviontek not being there looking at their draws. <laughs> you know, it's a lot more jeopardy on. The other side, um, you know, could have been as a decent player, but I, I'd fancy Cicilina, particularly this version of Cicilina in the Grand Slam setting at the minute. 
Svitolina being the number 19 seed, George, she falls into the possibles bracket, which is the, the third yeah. bracket of players between uh, 17 and 32 seed. Is that an attractive pick from a, an FDU perspective? Yeah, I think so. Um, as I say, I think, you know, I think with players like the possible, you're thinking you want them to get to the fourth round at least. Yeah, that's your, that's your sort um, of your, your high expectation, I guess. Yeah, and I, I doubt we'll find a better draw for someone who's seeded there than Svitolina's got, to be honest. So, yeah, she's probably one of the more nailed-on players in my fantasy tennis team, of which there aren't that many at the minute. There are a lot of draws no, I don't No, I, I'd say there are very few lots. The men's and women's draws. Hmm. Um, let's skip down into the next uh, eighth, which is where we're looking for Shontek's quarterfinal opponent, in theory, if indeed um, she gets that far. Uh, Ostapenko, Azarenka, Navarro, Von Drusova. I mean, I don't know what it is, George, but I feel like every every year, Yelena Ostapenko wins a tournament or reaches a final the week before a slam, and she is indeed into a final again um, against Daria Kasatkina in Adelaide not someone we associate necessarily with like overt physical fitness, but she's definitely a confidence player and someone who, when she, you know, when she believes it hits the ball very cleanly and very well. Uh, I, I I mean, I can't pick a winner between Ostapenko and Azarenka in the third round, but I, I sort of think if Ostapenko gets to the third round, then all of a sudden I think we should be talking about her. But, but right now, I think she plays Kimberly Birrell and then probably Petra Martic in the second round. I think that second round might just be a, a you know, if she, if she goes to pieces and beats herself. She could easily lose to either of them in the second <laughs> round. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the problem. I mean, every every single Grand Slam, I look at the women's draw and I see Ostapenko in there, I'm like, she, she could go to the semi-finals here. And, and it's like... She's definitely going to go out in a ludicrous way in the second <laughs> round, losing like 13-11 in a championship tiebreak or something. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, she is she is a confidence player, but in some ways, I would have just as much confidence in her having lost first round the week before as I would, <laughs> you know, potentially winning a title. I just think she's, she's the sort of player I actually think it's pointless to predict what she's going to do, which is... You know, kind of the great boom or bust for fantasy tennis, really. Like, you're either going to get something spectacular or you're going to get something terrible um, and not much in between. But it'll be entertaining to watch along the way, I think, is probably how I'd describe it. Yeah, I mean, Ostapenko, Azarenko, while I would find it hard to pick a winner, I would enjoy it um, because they're both yeah. women who are not shy Yogi's about... feisty as well for Azarenko first round. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and look, I mean, Isla Tomjanovic still isn't fully fit, but if if she gets fit, you know, then the, the the idea of having she's so popular here. I mean, it's insane. She's she's an absolute superstar here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move down into uh, the so um. This. Sorry. I was just going to say. I mean, this section is kind of similar to the first, isn't it? Where the top half of it looks quite stacked, and then the bottom half of the section just looks a bit. No, well, Wimbledon champion really Marquez of Andrusova, yeah. and and we're just like, well, mm, yeah, it's well, I still hard to have back her necessarily, but that's no. a good draw. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's pop down into Elena Rybakina's quarter, shall we? Uh, the number three seed has Karolina Pliskova uh, first out of the blocks, which I mean, uh, so 
on paper tricky, but Rebecca is hitting the ball really well at the moment, and she looks really, really well put together. Um, I mean, she always looks composed, but she just seems to really have something at the moment. Like she obviously battered Sabalenka in that final um, last week. Mm. I, I just think, okay, it's Carolina Pliskova, but pff, it's Elena Rebecca. That that's my the way I kind of look at it. And and to be honest, George, looking at the rest of her draw, I don't really see any problems. It maybe the quarterfinal against. Maybe Jessica Pagula, but Jessica Pagula's just pulled out um, of her. Where is she? She must be. She's not in Hobart. Anyway, Jessica Pagula's got GI, um, which is the le- second time in less than a year that she's had dodgy belly the week before a slam because she got mm. food poisoning in Paris. So who knows what state she's going to be in? I mean, I genuinely think Rebecca is going to walk into the semi-finals against either Shvontek or you know Ostapenko or Sitilina. Yeah. Um, hard to disagree, really. I think I, I'm still, for some reason, I'm still nervous about taking Rebecca here as my my top top seed in the. Uh, She's the number three seed, so you've got to pick uh, either Shontek, Rebecca, Savalenka, or it's Goff, isn't it? Who's the number four yeah. seed? So that that's your choice. And and yes, in terms of reliability, Rebecca is not not in your top two. I think no, um, but. The draw is tempting me, and I didn't really think she'd be in the running. I thought it'd be Sviantek or Sabalenka pretty comfortably off mm. that, but actually this draw is probably as good as it can get beyond the first round. I, th- I do think the first round is tricky, and I think Pliskova is the sort of player who you'd worry a lot more about in a first round than you would in a semi-final, to be <laughs> um, Are you, you know, saying she's a bottle job, George? Uh, if, Mm, yes, but you know, uh, <laughs> it, she, she's someone who, if she plays as well as she can, can take the racket out of your hands on serve, and that that can be quite difficult to get into a rhythm. And you know, Rubikina's the same, but it could easily be you know seven six six seven seven six if they both serve well. Mm. Um, obviously, the big moments you typically fancy Rubikina, but actually, her body of work doesn't necessarily suggest. We can be that convinced she will stand up to the test, um, mm. even though Pliskova's body of work suggests we definitely shouldn't be sure she can either. So, um, I, I think that's a tough match. I do, and, and that is the only thing that's putting me off picking Rebecca, really, um, compared to the rest of the draw. Um, it's just, it's not a comfortable match. She'll probably smash a six-one, six-one, but you know, on paper, it's just a, just not what you want to see, is it? The first round, really. Given how open that quarter and indeed the the bottom eighth of the top half is, where the seeds are um, saying Castella, Zhu and Pagula, is there a temptation to try and pull a qualifier out of there? Maybe, I mean, look, maybe given Pagula's illness, Rebecca Marino in the first round, then nicking her draw. I mean, it's a that's a punt, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... I, th- I think all tennis fans should take a punt on volley nets for the name. Oh, just because she has the perfect name, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is tempting. I- I'm still, I'm still always very nervous to try and pick against one of the very top players against a kind of pretty unfancied <laughs> Canadian qualifier. Um, yeah, Rebecca Marino fans are all up in arms now, George. After you saying unfancied. she's unfancied, but yeah. yeah, I think if there was a slightly stronger qualifier in this section, I 
would definitely go for it. Uh, similarly yeah. for the seeds, to be honest. I mean, if there was a a seed, I fancy if Spitalina was in this section, you just you know mm. naming your team after her. A... <laughs> name on the trophy. I mean, I suppose saying Chin Wen is someone who we think. You know, is a very good player. She's beaten some of the best players in the world. Yeah. She's not played yet this year, which I'm always a little bit sceptical about. So, because you just don't know, you know, I mean, it's very hard to know what kind of shape she's in, whether she's had some problems in the off-season. But I think probably if she wins, she's got Ashlyn Kruger first round and then maybe Katie Bolter in the second. I think if she wins Bol- a couple of rounds, I'm, I'm probably looking at her. Bolter's tempting me, though. Yeah. Although she's playing Yuan Yue, who lost in Hobart semi, but went all the way through qualies and then to the semis and beat some good players along the way mm. um, and is rapidly improving. You, you just look at this sort of section, though, and you think, God, someone random is going to do really well here. And, mm-hmm. you, know, and you hope it's someone you pick. First round match. Well, obviously, yeah. um, But the winner of that match actually could well be that person really. Um, you know, you, I think Serrano Custer is a good player, but you'd be quite pleased if that was your third round match. I think Zeng's a good player, but you'd be pleased that that's the top 12 seed you're playing, to be honest, I think. You know, which obviously she's 12, so maybe it stands to reason she'd be worse than the rest of them slightly, but I think you, you wouldn't be too upset with that. Um I mean, I guess the one player we've not really mentioned yet, but probably should, is Emma Raducanu is in this section. Um, <laughs> and it's the sort of draw that you you could say is quite similar to a US Open triumph and just suddenly <laughs> opening up for us. So, uh, yeah, people is that haven't been... want to get going? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I mean, look, Emma Raducanu is fit. I can tell you that. I watched her practice the other day. Uh, she was hitting the ball very well and moving fine. And there's no um, fitness concerns for me. Um, she's playing Shelby Rogers, who hasn't played in seven months and has had abdominal and knee problems and been under the knife. So I, I don't. I think Raducanu will win her first round match. She's then got yeah Castea potentially, who obviously she beat in the third round of Wimbledon in 2021. So there's again kind of positive scar tissue there. Um, but you just don't know. I ju- I just think she's got to beat Rogers quickly and then pull up. Okay, the slam format makes it easier because she's going to have a day between matches. That's definitely going to help her. She could even have two days between first and second round if she ends up playing on Monday, which we don't know yet. She'll either be Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, I mean, if she gets going, I mean, she, you know, she takes the ball early, she hits it hard. Players like that, when they get going, can can create an aura around them and it can be very hard for, for people to challenge. And it's a very open section. Yeah, I think genuinely, if you were, if Raducanu wasn't coming back from an eight-month layoff and this was the draw she was facing with, we would be saying this is a really great chance to reach the mm. quarterfinals of another major. Yeah, but yeah. obviously we just have. If that my grandmother had wheels. The actual context. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't think she could have asked for a much better draw. To be honest, I like Shelby Rogers, but. Uh, an injured Shelby Rogers, who's not played much, is a great draw. Because mm, mm, beatable. I think Zeng's. I still think Zeng's beatable third round. Um, and Pagula could be ill. 
So, you know, who, yeah. who on earth is going to be in the fourth round if Pagula's not up to it? You know, that is a golden draw, really. I would agree. I would agree. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right, let's jump down into the um, the bottom half, shall we? Uh, and the first quarter, which is led by Coco Goff, the number four seed uh, and US Open champion, of course. Uh, we've also got Maria Sakkari as the other top 10 seed in there. Um, a few pretty dangerous players in here, I think. Uh, Elise Mertens has shown some form. Magda Linetti did well here last year. Beatrice Hadamire, I think, is a nightmare opponent for anyone. There's also Naomi Osaka, who's up against Caroline Garcia in the first round. And maybe that's a good place to start, George. Um, speaking of comebacks, you know, we had Raducanu and Shelby Rogers. Now we've got Naomi Osaka, um, who's on the comeback trail as well, who is cutting a much more relaxed figure and, and seems much happier with life on the tour. I think she's probably not delighted with that draw. I don't know. I, I, I suspect neither player is very happy with that draw. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, yeah, I can't really decide how I feel about this for Osaka. It's another one where if she gets through this, the draw looks all right to the fourth round, doesn't it? I mean, that would be pretty good if we got Osaka Goff last 16. Um, I think this is a decent section to be in again. I think Goff's draw looks okay. But, you know, Gus is a good player. But she's got all sorts of kind of mental fragility. Mm. Um, so it, it's certainly not, not a match she'll be particularly pleased to have as a first round. I'd probably lean to Osaka, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think she's just got more know-how and ability to kind of hold her nerve than Garcia does, even though it's a first-round match. Um, and Garcia can just be so up and down, so hard on herself. If it starts going wrong and she's thinking, oh, this person's been out for months and months, I should be winning this, why am I not playing well? I think she could get kind of consumed by that, really. What it, does a Saka tempt you enough that she might make your fantasy team? It, she's obviously in the unseeded pool, which is a lot of players. Clearly, you know it's eighty odd players, um, so there's a lot of choice. But does does, does she a, play I on mean Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, I think off the top of my head, she isn't. I think she's playing on Monday, so I don't think you get a free hit on her, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Um, I might free hit on an unseeded player who's playing on Sunday then and then roll the dice on Osaka if that player doesn't win. I think that's sensible. Um, I mean, you talk about mental fragility. Like Maria Sakkari is in this as well, um, and and one of the highly ranked seeds. Not beyond the realms of possibility that she, you know, goes out to say, by Zhao Zhan in in round two, or or at least Mertens in round three. Um, which kind of, I just think this is golf section to lose. To be honest, the one thing I would say is. And maybe it's wishful thinking, but Leila Fernandez played very well at Big Jean King Cup at the end of last year. Has a tricky opening round against mm. Sara Bejlik, the, the a, a, a young, talented Czech. But I think that I third know. round, Goff Fernandez, could be quite interesting, and would be a great match just from from a lot of perspectives, right? Yeah, I think you're looking at potential matches at different stages of the tournament. You know, that would be a really, really good third round with. You know, it was Naomi Osaka waiting for the winner in the fourth. Mm, that mm, would be kind mm. of stuff of dreams, really, for people trying to build intrigue in this tournament. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Schmiedelova v. Sakharova. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see who, who pisses on our cornflakes on this occasion. <laughs> yeah. um, this is, I mean, this is just classic kind of women's game, isn't it? Like, you, you're looking at these sections and you're actually thinking, God, there's some really straightforward, in you know, mm. in normal terms, routes for Goff and Rebecca. But what are the odds on them both actually getting to the semi-finals of this thing? I mean, you just wouldn't trust them, would you, really? George, you're running out of time for your for your underdog, um, Maria Timofeva against Elise Corne. Uh, a qualifier against a wild card is one possibility in this section. Um, you've got. Darius Sneeger against Alicia Parks, who might tempt some people. Leolia Jean-Jean came through qualifying. Um, of course, the, the, the yeah against Magdalenetti. I mean, I think that's winnable. Um, I, you know, I, I Magda went deep here. You know, last year made the semis, but it was it was a pretty freakish run, and it it still kind of sticks out as you know a, an outlier in her her overall record. I mean, she's someone who has has won some big matches, but she's not had many deep runs. I mean, she's never been past the third round of any other slam that she has played, including all of them last year. And, yeah, I don't know. Does that mean you're picking Wozniacki, George? Is that what you just exclusively revealed? <laughs> I've actually not made any firm decisions um, <laughs> in anything, really. So, And particularly with the Sunday addition to the... Uh, that that is playing into my thinking. So I've, I've put aside tomorrow as my day to kind of make decisions. But I I kind of with Linetti, I kind of think she's best placed as an unseeded player against someone that she's playing up to. I think as soon as she's the seed and the player is almost expected to win, I think she becomes quite vulnerable typically and that might be an unfair perception but that's kind of how I view her as, mm. as a player full stop kind of capable of that upset win but when she's the one who should be going in and winning matches I'm not, I'm not convinced so I, I think Wozniacki's got a decent chance there to be honest and a few more months into the comeback than when she was first coming back last time she still did get some wins under her belt um, 
I think she's capable of winning that. My, but to be honest, I mean, this section puts me off in many different ways. Like Haddad Meyer feels like she could be quite a good draw, um, good player to pick. But I don't like Fruvitova first round. That just feels like a banana skin still. Um, and then, you know, Cerebus Tormo or Korniova in the second round. You know, Cerebus Tormo is tricky, yeah. hits the ball very flat, an awkward player. And Alina Korniova yeah. is, Keep you know, going. an up-and-coming Russian who obviously is a junior Grand Slam champion. She beat Andreeva in the junior final here last year and came through qualifying. Mm. She can clearly play. Um, yeah, I know I know what you mean. Right, George, we're going to rattle on to the bottom quarter, uh, which is Arena Savalenka's quarter. I'm going to read you her projected draw. Um, based on uh, inews.co.uk and a writer called James Gray, uh, who has come up with a projected draw have that you, goes. Uh, have you... Hmm? Did you did you did you project it beyond just going by the seed she's going to play? Have you made like big? No, I just guessed before? basically. I mean, I just I just sort of <laughs> I eyeballed it. I'll be honest. Um, so she's obviously playing Ella Seidel nice. in the first round, the qualifier. Um, I think she's then going to get Brenda Furovatova in the second round. Um, it's yeah. then Lacia Serenko. Um, I'm going to skip round four because I want to come back to it. Onsjubur in the quarters, Coco Goff in the semis, and then obviously potentially Shrontek in the final. Now, round four, George, I think she's going to get one of three players. Donna Vekic, Ludmila Samsonova, and Anastasia Pavlichenkova. Would you like to know what they all have in common? He's looking Go very on, pensive. Yes. So tell me this one. Uh, they all have positive head-to-head all... records against Irina Savalenka. Ah. So that I is. think that, that people on Twitter, and I, I appreciate that's not exactly a, a hall of uh, intelligence these days, but lots of people have been telling me how easy Irina Savalenka's draw is. I don't think so. I think round four is a place she might not get unstuck, but certainly somewhere she might get a bit stuck. Um Okay, Arena Savalenka's had a long and storied career with lots of ups and downs, and a lot of those defeats will have come during the downs, I'm sure. But nevertheless, they're clearly players who can trouble her. And, you know, maybe not Samsonova in her current form, but someone like Pavlichenkova or Vekic, I, I really don't think Savalenka would like to play in the fourth round, defending champion, everything that comes with that. Maybe the advantage is that it would be fourth round rather than the second round. Yeah, I think I think the funny thing though about this section, just lo- looking at the what's it, eight players who who could be there, I could see all eight of them doing it. Alabadosa, <laughs> really? They're all. Well, you know, she has been someone who's been up to three or four in the world. I think she's in poor form now, obviously, but you know, she, she, there's talent in there. Zidane Czech has been deep in slams before. She made one French Open semi-final, George, in a really weird year. I think has been deep in slams before is an exaggeration. But anyway, carry on. Anisimova, we all know, can be hugely talented when she turns up. I don't think any of them are secure enough players that I wouldn't back to not see an upset against them as well. So it does, does feel a bit of a kind of open section. I think if I was going to put my money on someone, it would be Vekic, I think. Um, but that is not said with great confidence, to be honest. Mm. It'd be lovely. I mean, I, I love Taylor Townsend. I love watching her. Um, so I'd be up for a fun run mm. for her mm. as well, because I think she always... She's someone I think people do get quite interested in and do kind of know a lot more than... 
She's a great talker. Ranking, you know what I mean? She's 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 just yeah. She's an interesting person, and she's a she's an intelligent person. She she talks well. Anyone who remembers French Open doubles final last year, where she gave Leila Fernandez this big pep talk at the baseline, it was amazing to watch. Actually, um, yes, I agree. That'd be lovely if Taylor Sanzo went deep. I don't see it, but um, I'm just looking for Sabalenka's quarterfinal opponent. Uh, the seeds involved are Onzjabur, Wang Jinyu. Ekaterina Alexandrova and Barbora Krajikova. This is also where you find Jody Burridge, the British number three, up against Samara Korpach in the first round. Um, Mira Andreva is in this section as well, George. She's got Bernarda Pera and then potentially Ons Jabur, which a lot of people have identified as a as a banana skin maybe for Ons. Yeah, it is. Um, I'd still probably back Ons to come through that match. Um, I think, you know, we were really impressed by Andreva, weren't we? We kind of were watching her together. On the arena, she's clearly very, very talented and digs in a lot. I still think I still think she's a little underpowered in some ways at the minute, which might be a little bit harsh. But I think against the best in the world, I do think she can be got at. Um, I think she'll grow into her body more and become a, a real star on the WTA tour. I'm, I'm certain of it, and she's a fascinating character um you know but but i think right now putting her against on jabor i would i would favor jabor comfortably mm. really i would mm. expect her to win that in straight sets and and to be honest jabor is probably now re-looking at this section probably who i will pick as my second cd person um mm. I, I quite like her draw. I think Krachikov is the only one you're looking at and thinking she c- could lose that if Krachikov's hot, but I'm not sure she will be. Um, mm. so, yeah, mm. quite like yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of Barbara Krachikov at the best of times, um, but especially at the moment. <laughs> that concludes the women's draw, George. I can scrunch that piece of paper up because all of yeah. my notes on it. So who's winning it now we've seen that? Tournament. Uh, Kaya Yuvan. Uh, I mean, my instinct is that Igis Shontek, if her head is right, won't mind that tough draw early on and that actually it'll be quite engaging. Does it help her? Actually I, starting not, a bit harder. That's what I, I see, wonder. It doesn't feel like she rolls people over and then sometimes hits that wall when she's suddenly playing someone who's better. Like, this mm. could- yeah, I think it's a good it's a good point and a good question. She she talked a lot in press yesterday about um how much noise there was this time last year. She played a lot of matches and um she wasn't a hundred percent because there was a lot of other stuff going on off the court. Whereas this year she feels a bit more relaxed and chilled and she played United Cup but then then nothing since then. So I'm yeah, I'm quietly optimistic about Igor Schwantek. Um, I do think there are a couple of players. I mean, I, I already spoke about Leila Fernandez. I genuinely think that she might do something quite surprising here. Um, people will talk about Alina Svitolina as well. I, I thought Jessica Pagula might be someone to watch out for, especially if, you know, if it gets windy and things like that, which it can get here. But given that she's ill, I, I'm a bit less convinced now. Um, it's a shame that I'm not sitting here going Rabakina and Savalenka, last year's two finalists, both in decent form but they can be a bit hard to trust, um, whereas Schwantek, I think, is much easier to trust. So 
I would be leaning, and I'm not going to do some George Belshaw maths, um, I would be leaning Shontek at the moment. I mean, picking the world number one and top seed to win a tournament is not exactly In, a... in terms of George Belshaw maths, I was going to ask you, like, the outside, so um, I assume we think Shontek, Rebecca Inner and Sabalenka are, are the three favourites. What, what percentage do you give to the rest of the field? to kind of have a chance it's interesting yeah. I mean it being the WTA there's like a minimum right which is like 20% <laughs> okay. like you, you, you've got to have a, a one fifth chance that someone you really weren't expecting wins it uh, Coco Goff is one of those like you know it, it probably depends on the conditions I think Coco Goff is going to play at night a lot which probably helps her um, because it's definitely more lively during the day here the ball bounces much higher it really you know gets up and fast which I actually think doesn't suit Goff's forehand. I think she would rather it was a bit deader. Um, so that might might play into her hands as she gets a few night matches. I haven't really got um, a, a locked-in outsider, but yeah, maybe 22%, I would say, I would give the rest of the field outside that top three. Have you got, are you going to differ from that number, George? I, I probably am going to go a bit lower. You know, I, I think one of those three will win it. Um, particularly having seen Rebecca's draw, actually. Um, I think as long as she gets through Pliskova in the first round, she she should be one of the semi-finalists and likely against Fiontech um, and looks pretty good. I think Sabalenka, there's, we're, we're getting to a close point where we can start trusting her in slams, um, but she'll probably undo that by going out second round this time. So. <laughs> um, yes, pride comes before a fall, I think. Um Right, that's as much prediction as you're getting out of me, George, I'm afraid. Um, there will be a video prediction, as has been requested by our paymasters. So um, you can get... I will have to plump for a name. I can't just lean on a name there. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's move on to the men's draw where 10-time champion in Australia, Novak Djokovic. We have Dino Prismich, a qualifier, the French Open boys champion, the man Calvin Beton tipped this time last year uh, to have a breakthrough season. What an opportunity. His first ever main draw 
George, what percentage chance does Dino Prismich <laughs> have of springing an upset? Um, I, I think low. One percent, maybe. I don't know. One, um, I think, might be generous. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, especially in Australia. It reminds me a bit of um, actually when Draper played Novak at Wimbledon mm. um, as a was he a wild card or a qualifier? I can't remember. I think it was a wild card, wasn't it? Wild card, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jack gave him a good game, and he, he got took us out of him, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and kind of showed himself as a good player in the future. Of course, Novak, years ago, am I right in saying one of his first Australian Opens was against Safin, wasn't it? Something absolutely Yes, I think, I think perhaps his ego got absolutely mullered, didn't he? Um, I think it was his first ever main draw match. I'm just going to check that. But, yeah, I seem to remember he got potentially even bagel. Bagel in the third or something. I think it's like two, three, and zero or something off the top of my head. Which... Yeah, his first, his first, you were very close, George, his first ever Australian Open main draw match, Safin, he lost love two and one. Yeah. Um, Good effort. Yeah. Good. yeah, he was, and he was two years later dishing out bagels of his own, so yeah. he, he eventually worked it out. But, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, let's, let's look at Novak's draw in, in kind of a little more detail. Um, in his third round group, uh, is one Andy Murray, uh, who's yeah. up against Thomas Martin Echeverry, the number 30 seed. Um, Gail Monfils and Yannick Hanfman are the other two who might end up in his stars. Do you, uh, George, it's, it's hard to have faith in Andy Murray these days. Do you have faith he can make the third round? Will he? I don't know. I think he wins that first match just because it's Murray in Australia and it's the classic classic narrative of he's not actually beating anyone that good, but they just happen to be a seed. Um, yeah, no, Echeverry's a good player, but he's not, you know. But he's a clay quarter, yeah. Yeah, he's someone you kind of like, oh, Murray's just taken out a seed in the first round. It'll be five sets. It'll finish at 2 a.m. Um, he'll come off saying, oh, that was one of the hardest matches I've ever played. <laughs> um, and then he'll probably be absolutely fucked and lose to Monty. <laughs> so, George, I've got, a funny, I've got a funny quote for you from Murray yesterday, if I can find it. Um Someone said, oh, you know, Echeverry, he tends to um, make matches quite physical. You played him twice last year and they were quite physical. And Murray just like grinned and went, well, I think I made most of my matches against him physical last year. Actually, most of my matches last year I made physical, <laughs> which I thought was quite a nice moment of self-awareness. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, fully, I th- I'm fully expecting a minimum of four sets, um, yeah. if not five. And, and then... You know what? I, for me, Murray now is all about entertainment. Like, not he doesn't think that, no. but from my perspective, like I'm not sitting here thinking, God, I hope he makes the quarterfinals. I'd love to get Murray Djokovic in the third round because it's such a historic matchup, especially here in Australia, and and it would be one last dance between the two of them. And I know Murray thinks he can go and give Novak a bit of a go. I don't think even he thinks he can beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Murray Monfils would be fun as well. You know, they two yeah. guys who go back a very, very long way. Um, yeah. And I mean, I can't actually, you know, it, there's a world in which Murray is just playing Joe Wilfred Songa over and over and over again at Wimbledon uh, at about five o'clock. Um, I don't think Murray and Monfils have got a particularly storied head to head, although I could be wrong. I'm just trying to, um, trying to track it down. Uh, but you sort of assume they must have played each other quite a lot because they're about the same age and 
There you go. They've played each other seven times, which I thought it would have been more. But... Yeah, that is quite um, a low number, and I can't really think of many that I've considered to be amazingly memorable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a very good matchup for Monfils, is it? No, not really. I mean, he's got an equally dreadful record. Well, I don't know his record against Murray. I'm guessing it's not great, but um, two and five. That's better than I thought it would be, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but he, he, you know, Novak's a fairly similar matchup, and that's been an absolute disaster for Monty yeah. throughout his career. Um, it's just the wrong sort of player. That said, I, I thought he played some okay stuff, didn't he, when we went to watch him before his leg fell off? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that'll be fun. We get Mario Monfils in the second round on um, on Wednesday. You know. Yannick Hampton is definitely reaching the third round anyway, now we've just said all this. There's just no question in my mind. Djokovic Hampton um, is what we're going to watch. The party pooper. Right, let's move on. The pace of play is a bit slow here, George. We're going to have, yeah. to, um, going to, have to put you on the clock. Uh, Novak's potential quarter, uh, fourth round opponent. There's a few people in here. Um, Manorino, Vavrinka, uh, Roberto Bautista Agut and Ben Shelton. I mean, that is the one that people will want. Yes, exactly. George is doing the putting the phone down gesture, um, which, of course, is reminiscent of the US Open last year. I, I guess what would be interesting, George, is if we do get Shelton Djokovic, just to see what Shelton's learned and mm-hmm. see, you know, we always talk about the second time Djokovic plays someone and how different that can be and how dangerous it can be for them. Uh, you know, I wonder whether Ben Shelton is is mature enough and intelligent enough to have looked at that match and gone, what shall I do differently this time? Yeah, I mean, he was quite tight, wasn't he, to be honest? Like, he, he didn't play his best game. And it does feel like there are a lot of levels he could have gone up in that match. I wonder, as much as Catwin says home advantage is a good thing, I actually wonder if he might favour playing him outside of the States as well, just kind of mm. inherently feeling so much more pressure knowing everyone at home's watching and it's your chance to make a big name of yourself and then don't quite do it. Um but maybe I just I just think it will get pretty febrile. Like Shelton against Djokovic in Australia with all yeah. with so many serves here. Djokovic is so popular here. Shelton is is the guy everyone loves to hate to an extent. From that side certainly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, if we, if we do get that match, um, I, I suspect Shelton will get a few few jeers and um, excitement from worked-up Serbian fans who've cast him as the world's greatest villain when it was all just quite good fun, wasn't it, really? Novak just putting him down. That's one of the best things Novak did last year when he won three Grand Slams. Yeah, exactly. Well, fingers crossed. Um Let's jump down into the the next sixteen players, where I think we have the match. Well, it, it's injury dependent, but we might have the match of the tournament here, or at least a match of the round. Berrettini sits a pass in the first round. Um, the other season here, by the way, are Mazzetti, Cerandolo, and uh, Fritz. But I mean, you've got to hope Berrettini is fit enough to make him make a match of this because it it will be great to watch if he does. And you'd, I, I'd probably back him if he was fit as well. Um, mm. Mm. I mean, yeah. that actually had some good results here in the past, so maybe maybe that's a little bit harsh. But you know, he 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 has stalled quite a lot. Um, Berrettini just hasn't been able to stay fit. That had problems. Just been felt like he's getting on forever. It's not played since the US Open. I mean, yeah. you, God so, knows. You, 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 knowing that, he'd probably be backing 
um, very soon. So you what, Jordan Thompson in round two isn't a nice one for whoever comes through that. I don't think no, enjoyed no. that match. Big server, played well in uh, Brisbane, obviously made the final there, beat Rafa. Um, yeah, like he... Uh, wait, made the final? Yeah, yeah, he lost to Dimitrov, didn't he? Um, yeah, you're right, I hadn't even really really clocked that. I was too excited <laughs> about the uh, the actual match. Um, is it, If you had to pick a quarterfinal opponent here for Novak, George, and you can only pick one and there are no percentages involved... Um, who is it? Is it is it Taylor Fritz? I mean, he is he's the second highest ranked player. No, it's, <laughs> it's not Taylor Fritz. I think it still says it best. As, as much as I say, I think Berrettini would give him a game if fit. I just don't think we have that evidence. Um, and I think of all the slams, this has been the one where he's been most secure. So I did, I kind of just heart you know, big Greek crowd here as well. It's probably quite a similar thing to Novak in terms of this is a place that mm. gets the most support. Um, so yeah, yes, he's I not mean, hampered by home advantage as, as yeah. so many players exactly. are as Calvin always exactly. <laughs> Quite. While others really struggle with that, Sissipas uh, seems to do a bit better with it. So yeah, I, I kind of think he'll he'll get there as long as he doesn't slip on the Berrettini banana skin. Right, quarter two awaits. Yannick Sinner is a topic. Andre Rublev is at the other end, uh, seats four and five, respectively. Uh, this is where we also find home favourite Alex de Menor, uh, who plays a Grand Slam as a top ten player for the first time. Uh, Sebastian Baez, Francis Tiafo, Karen Hatchin offers in here as well. Nicholas Jarry, who I really think shouldn't be ignored. Sebastian Corder has been going well uh, this week over in Auckland, off the top of my head. Uh, and very conveniently lost in the semis, I think, which is a very sensible move. Um, Jack Draper, by the way, really needs to learn to tank. Like He, he just doesn't need to be in the final in Adelaide uh, and yet finds himself still not in Melbourne one day before the tournament starts, but mm. that's neither here nor there. Um, George, we've talked so much about Yannick Sinner over the last three months. I, I'm I'm absolutely gagging at the bit. Um, to mix my metaphors for him to get out in the Australian Open and win five matches in next to no time. Do you see any... I mean, both of Van der Zandschop in round one is not easy. Not a nice one. I mean, I, I think Botix is another one who's maybe not quite reached the highs of when he first had that big breakthrough at the US Open. It does feel like he's not really played like that so much since. Um, but... It's just one of those, isn't it? He, he, he serves well. You can take the racket off your hands a bit. That, that's kind of the last thing you want for a first-round match in many ways if you've not got your eye quite in. Lack but of rhythm, yeah. That said, Sinner's playing. You know, he's played some great stuff over the last few months. Um, often the time when we start to get excited about people is when they do that and then they really flop quite fantastically. <laughs> um but he'll be pleased with that draw, I think, to the fourth round. As much as much as Botox isn't necessarily easy on paper, I think he he still will be fairly happy with that. Baez is a, a great draw for you know your first third round match if he's going to get there, which he may not. There's a few more tricky issues below. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Tiafo is playing. You know, he's someone who I think that you know that would be a great fourth round match if we got that. Um, mm. He's got I think Hatchinov. I just yeah, I, I just think Hatchinov's going to come out of that. I, you know, he plays well here. He has done before. He's got a very solid game. 
you know, he, he seems fit enough. Like he's been in five setters before and come through them pretty well. Um, he wears his cap backwards, which I think is a huge advantage in Australia. Uh, it, it just, I, I just see that being, uh, and to be honest, I think that'll be a cracking test for Sinner. Much as I'd love him to play TFO, I think him being TFO in the fourth round of the Australian Open wouldn't teach me anything. Whereas I actually think playing Hatchin off and really being pushed in that way and taken, as Tony Bell used to say, taken into deep water. Um, I think that would be a really good, like, a good test for Yannick Sinner in in the fourth round and, and you know, earn his place in the quarters against, well, against who, George? Is it, is it I mean, Alex de Menor, for all that everyone's very excited down here about him, Katie Bolter saying yesterday she can't walk down the street with him. She feels like she's sharing him with all of Australia. Uh, he's got Milos Rajanic in the opening round, which uh, mm. I, I know Rajanic is just the man who won't stay retired, but he's also the man with one of the biggest serves of the 21st century. Yeah, it's a, yeah, not an easy, not an easy draw for him. Um, but no, I, I, I like Dimnor's chances. I was actually watching just for someone further down the draw. I was watching. Uh, Nick Kyrgios previewing the draw. There was a little mm. clip on Twitter and the player he picked out of this section is Chris Eubanks and he's he's tipped him to beat Andre Rublev in round two. So that'll be interesting if that comes to fruition. Um, I mean, I can see it. Like He plays well on hard courts. So he's obviously a, a lights-out player when he, when he hits his level. I mean, actually, my qualifier is in here, George, um, because... Former world number 31, Lloyd Harris, is still rebuilding his career. He came through qualifying and he only he only faced one break point in the whole of qualifying and he saved it. Um, he is serving really well. He's got Quentin Hallies in the first. Serve as well, doesn't he? Yeah, be... yeah, that match will not have many long points in it. And then he's got Corder, who, I mean, yes, played well here last year. But fitness, I know, again, he had a bit of a run last week. But, you know, if he goes a few sets of Vic or Priva, I, I just think that's a huge opportunity for, for Lloyd Harris to, to go and make the third round. And then mm. I'm just checking who's got the third round. Nicholas Jarry. I mean, uh, I know that's not it. It could be Rublev. Oh, Rublev, yeah. Well, fuck it. Why not? Or Chris Eubanks. Or Chris Eubanks, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That you've got to pick a qualifier at some point, and I think that might be my pick. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, look, he's playing an unseeded player first round, isn't he? So yeah, can't, can't really it's good that. enough for George. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, right, let's move into the bottom half, shall we? Uh, the first quarter features the great Daniil Medvedev 
Holger Rune, Talon Grexpor, Ugo Umber, Hubert Herkatch, Grigor Dimitrov, and Alejandro Davidovic Fikina, not to forget Felix Ogrelia team either. Um, bad news, George. Daniel Medvedev says he's only going to focus on the things that matter now. He's not going to let the things that don't matter bother him. I'm a bit worried that he's going to try and be boring. I believe that when I see it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I suspect there will definitely be a clip this tournament of Medvedev using some very odd metaphor or, being or shushing someone or doing something. Just I think you are, it. how you say, an enormous male chicken. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, Daniil Medvedev has a very good record in Australia. He has won a lot of matches here, even if he's not won the title. Uh, he plays Terence Ataman in the first round, George, who's a French qualifier. Do you know the most interesting thing about Terence Ataman? Enlighten me. He's got an IQ of 158. All right. Yeah. Well, Tess. So it's against the famous chess player. As yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe the most intelligent tennis match of all time. Um, but probably one we expect Demo Medvedev to win by the fact that he's got a fucking massive serve. Um, yeah. <laughs> rather than anything else. I'd be surprised if Medvedev's not coming out of this section, really. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Felix Ogrelia team can't buy a win at the moment. Like, he's just... Yeah, good chance for the team, actually, though. I would think so. I mean, he played terribly against Murray and Kuyong the other day, and, and I don't think he played very well against Rafa either um, in Brisbane when he played decent for about 40 minutes. Was right, first set, wasn't he? The... Yeah, but then just didn't have the level, really. Um, yeah, I, I can't see anyone stopping Daniil Medvedev reaching the fourth round there. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov Medvedev in the fourth round. I mean, that, that's a lovely little matchup, isn't it? Yeah, Dimitrov's playing some really good stuff. I don't like Dimitrov's first round pick, the, the Fooks of it. it. That's one of the players in the Jan Leonard Strift category of <laughs> did not want them in the first round. Martin yeah. Um, and even like Kokinakis round two potentially is. You know, just not the sort of player you actually want to see in the first couple of rounds in Australia. <laughs> like no. any other slam, fine. This one, he gets up for it. Crowd get into it. That's a that's a tough one to come through. So, mm. um, yeah, I still think he'll get there, but and probably on a big court as well. If it's Dimitrov Kokanakis, it'll be on, you know, probably Margaret Court, maybe even Labour. Um, yeah. Uh, there's not much to write home about other than Holger Rune in the in the. The fifth quarter, um, I mean, he's got what looks like a really straightforward draw. I mean, Q, he loses round one. But Yoshihito Nishioka, I think that's probably a player he thinks he's about a million times better than. Laszlo Giro, Arthur Cazo in round two. Maybe Arthur Fies in round three if he gets that far. Or Talon Griexpo, um, one of the two. I, yeah, I, I'm struggling to see Holger Rune not making the fourth round, and, and then it's probably Hubert Hercatch for him. And that, I mean, I, I won't be watching that match. It doesn't sound like it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the other name I'd probably pick here from an interest perspective is um, Shapovalov, who has been doing quite a lot of talking on social media about how people are saying he's got a bad attitude and hasn't put in the work or whatever. And so well, he does. Know. Yeah, well, he's saying they don't know what they're on. Everyone who works with him says it. But it'll be interesting to see if he lets his tennis do the talking. 
people love to see. Well, I mean, his first match back, I mean, I don't like to crow over people's struggles. Like, he's been out for seven months. It must have been horrible. But his first match back in Auckland, he had three double faults in his first game. Um, So maybe, I mean, sure, his serve can go, and I'm sure it's a very nervy experience. But I think probably pulling Jakob Menchik in the first round, who I know a lot of people who know a lot about that level of tennis think that Jakob Menchik is a coming guy. He's actually a bit of a temptation, isn't he, for a qualifier pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, Goffin, maybe. Goffin against Hugo Humbert, and then I just think Zhang Zhen in the second round is actually... He's a player. Like he's, and you know, interesting. Um, Zhang Zhizhen shares an agent with two players, uh, and I think I could give you about 150 guesses before you worked it out. And it's oh Dino Prismich and Katie Bolter. What a combo! I know, uh, but also what a combo! Like what, what a 12 combo. months, like a fun combo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so we think for the quarterfinal here, do we think Runa Medvedev? Is that is that we can't see much stopping that. Maybe Hercat, but yeah. Um... I don't think anyone will celebrate that outside of Poland. I, for the <laughs> record, I don't not like Hubert Hercatch. It's just he has a very one-dimensional game, and he's quite a one-dimensional talker, and it, it's not a good combination, <laughs> but I'm afraid from a journalistic perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rune and Medvedev would be good, wouldn't it, in terms of... Oh, they get stuck into each other, yeah. Really wind each other up. I mean, Medvedev I think so. might be well behaved for the first week, but if Hogger rooms at the other end of the net, I think we'll be seeing some small cats. <laughs> Many small cats and big chickens. Um, right, into the final section, where I think Carlos Alcaraz will not be pleased to see Alexander Zverev, uh, mm. Yuri Lehechka, also in good form, Cam Norrie, not in good form, Casper uh, Ruud, Tommy Paul, Jan Lennon and Alexander Bublik, Jack Draper is in here as well. Let's start with Jack Draper, George. He's got Marcus Giron the first round and then Tommy Paul in the second. Now, he put away Tommy Paul in a big way in uh, Adelaide a couple of days ago and then potentially Jan Leonard Struth in the third round. I mean, Draper I don't know about you, but... I think it could be the lock for the seed, the unseeded player. Like, wait, he's not a seeded, though. Yeah, I said, I said unseeded. Just... Oh, unseeded, sorry. Could be um, my lock for my unseeded player. Oh, gotcha. I mean, the the only worry for me is he he's playing in Adelaide today, and I, I you know with his injury record, like how does he pull up? Yeah. I mean, if he makes the fourth round, like you've won, like that's that's a that's a plus. Like you're unseeded player, you're kind of looking between the second and third round. So if he makes it off, all great, but. I just wonder if he's got another full week of tennis in him, you know? Like, I just don't know where his legs are at. He yeah. he looked really fit in Adelaide. He looks slimmer. Like, I'm pretty sure he's lost weight over the off-season. Um, I think he looks more lithe and, and a bit more sort of aerobically fit. But, yeah, I don't know. He can uh, he can thank the trip to Muratoglu's event for getting him <laughs> in such shape. He did play really well there, and he did make half a million quid. So, like, yeah, maybe. I, and I know I actually spoke to well, we both did spoke to his physio afterwards, and he said this is perfect. Like, it's a really like blowy event because it's only mm. the ten seconds between points, and it was exactly what he needed at the exact time. So, I mean, you joke, George, but he can thank that. Um, 
Carlos Alcaraz has Richard Gasquet in the first round and then either Evans or Sonego. Dan Evans is not very fit, I fear. Um, and then Alexander Bublik or Jerry Shang, maybe, the Chinese wildcard. I mean, Carlos Alcaraz is pissing his way to the to quarters, isn't he? Well, I'd like to see him and Draper go at it. I think that could be a good match. Um, certainly, we'd get excited about Draper doing well if he was in that matchup and looking pretty sharp. But, mm. yeah, I was kind of joking in my head earlier, being the sad person I am, that wouldn't it be funny if Richard Gasquet was so awful against all the kind of old guard um, in terms of big matches and then just actually pumped the new guard <laughs> um, in round one. I can't fifth see best, happening. Fifth best backhand on tour, George, officially. <laughs> That's yeah. I think Alcaraz will find other weaknesses. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I would yeah. I think this is a good section, obviously, for Alcaraz. It doesn't need to be that good a section to be a good section for Alcaraz. You know, he's a very, very good player. But um, yeah, I, I, I like the look of Draper's draw. I think he's. Me too. Me too. Um, who do you think Alcaraz's likely quarterfinal opponent is, George? The seeds involved are Rude, Nori, Lehechka and Alexander Zverev. Can you look beyond? I think Zverev, wouldn't you? I think. Um, it's playing pretty well, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of snuck up on me. He's the sixth seed here, really. He's, mm. And I think that probably kind of just shows he's been just slowly plugging away and getting that ranking back up. Um, I think he played pretty well at the United Cup. On yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he's, he'll have done well to have last season under his belt in what was, if we cut first, you know, full, full year after what was a bad injury. Um, it looks like he's done the right stuff in the off-season. Yeah. I've got an interesting stat, George, that's probably meaningless, but um, it, it's a weird stat. Alexander Zverev made the semi-finals of the Australian Open in 2020. In 2021, he made the quarter-finals. In 2022, he made the fourth round, and then he skipped a bit, and last year made the second round. It's not a good trajectory, but yeah. by that, he is either going out or pulling out injured. Um, uh, but he is better than that now, isn't he? I mean, the, weirdly, he's done the same thing in the US. He went final, semi-final, quarter-final. It, it, it feels like it's getting worse, but I don't think it actually is. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> I'm looking at the draw now and I'm struggling to really see who's stopping him in the first or second round. Third round, he could collect the hedge. I mean, you know, the hedge is no mug. And played well here last year. He's in good form. He's very fit. Um, I think he, he could maybe, you know, unpick a few bits and pieces. He's well coached. Uh, hmm. But realistically, he's very, he's playing so well. He's got such a big serve. The conditions are pretty quick here. Like... Yeah, for, I mean, I th- trying to pick who the hell will be in that fourth round isn't pretty. I mean, Casper Rude, I guess you go to, but it's more like it's rude. Than it's Bobby. a really, it's a really weak section. Uh, with greatest respect to Cam Norrie, if he doesn't make the third round, then he's really done something wrong. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just loses to Casper Rude, doesn't he? Like, you know, Rude, in some ways, Rude is just a better version of Norrie. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Norrie lost a lot of it, so, to be honest. Yeah, or even Julio Zeppri, the qualifier. There's a, there's a pick for you in FTU, listeners, mm-hmm. if you think that's a, a little hint. How about Val Kuss, Purcell round one? 
Rude Ramos Vanillas. I don't know anything about Marte Valkush. Would you like me to tell you what Damien Kuss says about him? Because that's basically what happens, uh, listeners, a little, little peek behind the curtain here. When I don't know something about someone who's been playing at that level, I, I go to Damien Kuss' Twitter because he will have said something useful. Here is Damien's uh, description. Junior world number one back in 2016, he was expected to be the biggest star of what I call the Hungarian golden generation. The pencil-thin 25-year-old had always struggled with his fitness, though, and getting this first slam main draw is huge and probably a top 200 main draw, a top 200 debut as well. Uh, I think Max Purcell will fancy that, George, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm totally honest. Bloke playing in his first ever main draw. Um, Yeah. Right, we've been through the whole draw now. Um, It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Are you picking the 10-time champion to win number 11? I am, yeah. Um, Boringly. I think think that's pretty... Not safe, but... I mean, I I think we'll get Djokovic Alvarez again as the final. And and Um, great. Yeah, obviously more than happy with that. Um, But I've seen Djokovic... At, at this court just put people to the sword like he doesn't do in other places like I think the one he played with Nadal in 2019 everyone's like Nadal's playing amazingly well here he can push him and he just obliterated him like when Novak mm. gets locked in on that court it's pretty scary scary sight so and he'll be well up for that match and a chance to kind of uh, avenge that Wimbledon defeat last year so yeah I don't fancy him, I think. You? Yeah, I'm finding it hard to, to see any other way. I think I think Djokovic is, you know, unless his wrist catches up with him, which obviously he's had a few treatments on. I think Djokovic Alcaraz would be a great final for for every from every angle. I think it would be great for the sport. Um, I think it would be great for Djokovic. Yeah, I think it would be great for Alcaraz. You know, I, I, we, we just want to keep pushing these two onwards and onwards. They're, they're pushing the game forwards. There's something great actually about the Australian Open final in the UK. I just love an, a 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Sort Hungover, of staggering like, out of bed, yeah. I think that's probably why the 2012 Djokovic Nadal match like resonates with me so much. I just remember watching that in my uni halls in bed and like I was there from the start watching it and just my room got filled with like people coming every like hour or so and there were like <laughs> 10 of us just like eventually crammed around my bed watching it. Kind of on my laptop at the end of the bed, and just yeah, that is actually nostalgic. kind of the that is kind of the great thing about five sets, right? Like it it allows a match to sort of you know for word to spread. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the beginning people are like okay, yeah, Djokovic or oh, whatever, and then yeah. like it's the fourth set, and people are like fuck, this this match is getting yeah. good. And the level was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, well, George, thanks very much for uh, staying up late and staying sober on a Friday night. What a what a legend you are, um, uh, listeners! I will track down Calvin uh, from where whichever coffee shop he's uh, hiding in in Melbourne at the moment, uh, and we'll have a bit of a chat about what he's been up to in these first few days. Um, I thought we might try and dig deep into what a what a player does when they turn up a week before a tournament starts, because actually it's it's quite unusual for players to to be in town for so long before a tournament. That certainly in doubles. Um, so we'll dig a bit into that. I know Henry's been out on the golf course because uh, he was playing um, Albert Park, one of my favourite tracks in Melbourne. 
Um, and Has yeah, the we'll, draw been made yet, James? Sorry, I think it's no, happening no. this morning. I think I think okay. probably by the time you're you're hearing this, uh, listeners, uh, the doubles draw will have been made. So we await with interest to see who Patton fingers and crossed. Cabral. Yeah, fingers crossed as always. Go it doesn't matter Calvin. to be honest. Yeah, you just beat them, anyway, George. Yeah, yeah, just beat. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.